Welcome to the Boxing Gossip Podcast. This is podcast edition number 25. Uh, time flies. It's really crazy to believe that we've already done 25 editions of the podcast. Uh, I think as we've kept doing it, it's got better and I think we're enjoying it more. So, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's joining live. I can see there's already a few people in the chat. So, shout out to everyone in the chat. Big shout out to Damien, to Johnny, um, to Dan, to Mikey, to Harley to Edson, uh, to Stevie, and of course to all the people who I've missed who wrote earlier on. Um, this is becoming a recurring theme on this show, but once again, I want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to everyone who clicked the thumbs up button on the podcast last week. Um, last week, I believe we had 155 people take the time to click the thumbs up button, and uh, really, 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 you don't know how much I appreciate that, guys. So thank you very, very much if you're one of the 155 um, it's really helping to get some momentum on the channel. Um, this week, in the next week alone, I've got two boxers who have promised to come on and do big interviews. And it's it's that kind of stuff that's allowing me to to get these boxers on and to, to build up. So, yeah, massive, massive thank you. Um, a massive thank you to the podcast panel, as per usual, for giving up their, their Wednesday evenings. But there's a lot to talk about. As always, we're going to start by talking about last week's action. We're then going to move on to the news and we're going to finish up uh, talking about next week's boxing and what's to come in this sport of ours. So I'm going to start by bringing in one of my favourite members of the podcast panel. Um, I think it is literally no exaggeration to say I think he is one of the top five panellists we have on this podcast. Um, and that is my good friend, Paul. Um, Paul, let's bring you in, mate. And let's start in the only place you can start, which is... Tony Bellew versus BJ Flores. Um, your take on the whole situation, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for the uh, thanks for the great introduction, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I I I concur. I think I I, I definitely am um, one of the top five panelists. On, I'm definitely um, in the top four on this show tonight, um, for sure. <laughs> um, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Oh uh, yes, mate. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was entertaining um, to say the least. Um, I think probably the most entertaining part was actually came after the fight, which is um, not always what you want. But there you go. Um, ah, yeah, Tony Bellew. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's improving a bit, uh, but I thought he was a bit wild. Um, I thought he was open defensively. Um, I thought a lot of the punches were kind of like back of the head job anyway. Um, sort of like, I don't know, tumbled over. Um, I didn't like the way Flores kind of like um, tried to milk the low blow. It was definitely a low blow, but uh, I mean, number one rule is protect yourself at all times. The ref says it right before the fight starts and it's 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 well known. Um, look at just, uh, you know, um, what Floyd done just only a couple of years ago. You know, um, it's it's not a good idea to, uh, to in the middle of the, the action, just uh, put your hands down and start, you know, turn away from your opponent to complain. It's not it's not the smartest uh, move. Um, and Bellew took advantage of it. And I guess you can't really blame him. Um the last, the last um, knockdown was good. I thought it was a nice left up. Um, it was a nice punch. It was probably the best, the best punch of the fight. 
Um, but again, value got caught quite a bit. Um, the antics after the fight were were, were great. I mean, um, I, I like I'm not the greatest fan of Tony Bellew as a boxer, but as a bloke, um, I just like I can't help but like him. You know, like calling out David, hey, you know, you're conning the public. I was like, yeah, go on, man. Like, somebody's been needing to say that for a long time. I mean, like, say it on a public platform. Come on. Who are these idiots you're fighting? Do you know what I mean? Um, and and that was what he did. Having said that, um, <laughs> I think David Hay had fucking destroy him, to be honest. <laughs> those Those defensive weaknesses combined with the fact that David Hay has been campaign, campaigning at heavyweight for a while now um, and has put quite a bit of sort of mass on. Um, I, I I mean, if you look at what Adonis Stevenson done to, done to Bellew, um, that wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's fair to say David Hay hits a hell of a lot harder than um, then, then even though even though Stevenson's a puncher, we're talking two weight classes uh, in, in 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 size difference there. So um, I'm just inclined to think um, David Hayard get through that leaky defence and just and just take him apart uh, quite easily. I'd, I'd I'd say as well. Um, like Carl Frotch was saying, that he's the top top cruiserweight in the world, and blah blah blah. Was like. Does anybody think he's the top cruiserweight in the world? He wasn't a top cruiserweight on the show on that that night show. <laughs> no, <clears throat> no, he, no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. You're right. Um, Maris Breedis was. Um, the 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 thing is, for me, um, Lebedev, prob- Lebedev, sorry, probably beats him. I, I I would if he fought Usyk, I would put however much money I had. On Usyk, I don't think there's apt, I think there's zero chance that he'd beat Usyk um, if that fight was to happen. Um, I would be having a bet no matter what the odds were because um, I, I don't see a way he beats Usyk. I don't think he'd get near him. Um, so yeah, I mean, Bellew's a funny one. He's he's like a bit of an overachiever, isn't he? Um, he um, he just continues to look uh, sort of like average in the ring for me, uh, but great entertainment out of it. Um, nice bloke, and um, wish uh, you know, uh, congrats to him for the win. I guess, um, yeah, absolutely. What? What? How likely do you think this Bellew Hay fight is? If you if you had to uh, lay down a mark, do you reckon it's going to happen or not? I, I can actually see it happening. I mean, I think um, it's it's gathering momentum. Um, David Hayes always going to have popularity. There's, there's, there is um, a chunk of the public and a chunk of the uh, the um, the boxing fans that um, will just back him um, and swallow all, whatever it is he he uh, feeds them. Um, and also, uh, Bellew's quite popular at the minute. Um, I think it's probably 
um, given the landscape in other areas and what's going on in other areas, I think it's probably the best um, fight for both guys at the minute, uh, certainly money-wise. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, I'm not certain it's going to happen, but I, 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 can, I can definitely see it happening. Um, yeah, for me, it makes sense. It would be a return to Sky for David Hay. Uh, it allows Bellew to avoid Bradis, but get a 20 times bigger payday. Um, it's a huge fight that would generate huge public interest, massive build-up. Um, and it's, it, it kind of fits David Hay's modus operandi, if you like. It's, it's very similar to 24 Audley Harrison. Uh, you know, it's, it's that big hype, the big domestic name, the big pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, but fundamentally a low risk fight. The only thing, though, um, I don't know if anybody else picked up on this at the end of the fight when <clears throat> um, they were interviewing Tony Bellew, and um, they were talking about whether it had happened at cruiserweight or heavyweight. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a person that pays attention to body language and the way people uh, say stuff and deliver stuff and whatnot. Um, Bellew's going, um, well, he's the same size free frame as me. He's a cruiserweight um, and blah, blah, blah. And, and just for me, the way he was saying it, it it kind of had a ring of I'm laying the groundwork for trying to make it happen at cruiserweight. And I don't think David, I, I don't think, um, I think, in fact, David Hay was interviewed and said it would have to be at heavyweight because he's been, been compa- campaigning there for too long. He's put too much timber on it, etc. Um that that might be the only sort of sticking point. I I I I, um, I, I, I question how sort of legitimate Bellew's desire for that fight actually is. You can you know you can you can put on a show and do the whole pantomime act at the end, but he's not under any illusions. I'm sure um, that. David Hay is a huge puncher, and and he is he is a bigger man, um, and there's just a little inkling that I have that maybe um, he's laying the groundwork there for 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 a way out, but I I, I could be wrong, um, and and there's definitely a good chance of it happening for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Paul. And straight away, I saw Eddie Hearn do an interview with IFL TV saying size won't be an issue in this fight. And it, it reminded me so much of the build-up to Golovkin-Brook where we heard time and time and time again that size won't be an issue. And then after the fight, oh, Kel Brook was probably never a middleweight in hindsight. And it's the same with David Hay versus Tony Bellew. You can say, oh, they're a similar height. You can say, oh, they both made cruiserweight. Up until two or three years ago, Tony Bellew, who would have been, I don't know, 29, 30 at the time, was able to suck his body down to 175. He may have been big at 175, but essentially a 30 or 29-year-old Tony Bellew was able to be 12 and a half stone. David Hay would not be 12 and a half stone. I can say that categorically. Uh, There is a size difference there. But the reason this fight is so one-sided isn't just size difference. There's a power difference. There's a skill difference. There's a defense difference. Um, I mean, in every area, maybe. But maybe not stamina. Maybe not output. But will he actually need that? There's a speed difference as well and, and, and an accuracy difference, I think. And I think that those two things might be the the um, power, speed, and accuracy. I think they, they might be the most telling factors for me. 
I think you're spot on, Paul. Well, thanks for that. That was a, a good start. Um, let's go from Paul, who's one of my top five members of the, the podcast panel, to easily my least favourite member of the podcast panel. Um, we'll bring him back. I love the fact he unmuted himself without even being introduced. Perhaps I was referring to uh, Jet, but no, let's let's bring in uh, let's bring in Iris Tom. Uh, Iris, perhaps you could start us off um, before we get into the David Hay story. Perhaps you could start us off with a a critique of uh, Mr. Anthony Belly's performance? Um, I didn't think... Well, the first round, I think he was getting outboxed, uh, which was surprising to me. And BJ Flores was moving quite well. Uh, then the second round, you see, this thing with the low blow, like if you, if you watch the tape again and you look at it, about 30 seconds or a minute before the low blow, BJ Flores has got Tony Bellew pinned in the corner, Right? And he's just like, he, Flores is, is, is punching him, whatever. And Tony Bellew looks up to the referee, says something, and the referee comes in and breaks him off, right? Now, when, when the same thing happened to Flores, and actually Flores got smashed in the nuts, and he looked to the referee, for him, it's completely biased refereeing on that show. Like, and I, I think Flores, uh, you know, I don't think he handled it well after it happened. But you can see the difference between the home fighter and the away fighter. Like, Tony Belly wasn't even tapped the balls at all. And he smashed uh, Flores low. So I, I think that, you know, the referee bias is, is very bad. I thought... Once, Was there once one of the Luke Campbell fight as well? I didn't see the Luke Campbell fight live. I only saw a little bit of it. Did I? Did I see the Luke Campbell fight? Well, I can't I did. remember, but I, I happened... Uh, Jet, was there some strange decision in the Luke Campbell fight as well? Yeah, he... Um, I think Derry got his, like, feet tangled up with Luke Campbell because of South Force. Oh, yeah. He got, he got you know, it counted as a knockdown. Then he knocked him down twice, I think, in the uh, fourth round. That was in the third round. Yeah, he, never him. he basically hit him. He hit him in the face with his shoulder. Yeah. But in fairness to that, when I, when I saw that one, like when I was watch, I actually watched it on Davy Essex, David Boy Essex's account. So I, I was I was watching it uh, there. I, I thought in real time that it was it looked like a shot. So I'll give him that much. But uh, you know, you know, it's pretty standard for somebody who's been knocked down to say, "Oh no, I wasn't knocked down." So you know, it's hard for the ref to make head or tail of that. But like in one case, Bellew blatantly called for the ref to break him up after he got him caught into the corner, you know. And then, and then thirty seconds later, Bellew smashed him. Now, Ian John Lewis was behind Bellew. Like I don't know, a referee is pretty easy to me. You just stay on the side of the fighter so you can see both of them. What the fuck are you doing? But standing behind a guy. You know, it's not like they were spinning and it, was, it wasn't like it was Morales versus Barrera. You know, you got two slow uh, cruiserweights. So I, I think that's a bit rubbish. But then Flores didn't handle it well and Tony finished well. So it was an exciting fight. So I enjoyed the fight. One thing I'll say is I don't understand why Flores kept on doing this, like ducking his head, ducking and diving like he was Mike Tyson. Like, did he really need to do that to get in there when he was, he was winning from the outside in the first round? And when he did it, every time he was ducking, Tony was timing him with his left hook and, and basically catching him on the back of the head. You can't blame Tony for that. Like, Bellew is just hitting a moving target. And he hit Flores. Most of those knockdowns, I think, were like that. Or a couple of them were. And, like, you know, you're scrambling a guy's brain and hitting him on the back of the head. But that's, that's Flores' fault. You can't blame Tony. So, all in all, it was an exciting fight. I think it was... Did Flores quit? Quite a good one. I don't think he quit. I think 
people are a bit being a bit harsh there. Like, I, you know, I think he got battered. He, that was a very hard shot that that Tony Bellew caught him with. You know, and you know if he's if his brains are scrambled and you know maybe he just was getting a. I, I, I don't think I don't look at Flores as get quitting there. I just think he got battered for a couple of rounds. That's the way I look at it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, Tom, bring us on to uh, after the fight then. Uh, bring us on to jumping out the ring, SpongeBob SquarePants. What is your reading of that whole thing? Was that orchestrated? Was it entertaining? That was definitely a spontaneous occurrence. You know, I think just, you know, after such a devastating knockout of such a high-ranked opponent, you know, things just went to his head and Tony's probably regretting it today, you know. But, uh, ah, yeah, totally totally organized you know um i don't want, i don't want to see that fight there are so many good heavyweight matches like it really pisses you know it really pisses me off i don't know if anybody saw that clip of like out in germany for after i think it was at the cleverly one and pulev was walking past him doing an interview did you see that clip yes and he started like shouting an interview pulev why don't you fight aj why don't you fight aj like what the fuck? You got David Hay there. Like, David Hay should be saying the same thing to Eddie Hearn. Like, it's, Eddie Hearn's like saying all these guys are ducking him. You know, AJ is ducking David Hay. Everybody in England knows it. Fucking David Hay came back solely to try and fight him, if you're, look, if you're asking me. And, you know, so it's double standards. Nobody wants to see value against Hay. Uh, if it happens, it's, the, it's printed money. Fucking printed money. We were looking at the odds last night on Jets, the Jets call-in show there, uh, and it was like five to six for Hay to knock him out in the first in the first six rounds. That's like the most ludicrous price I've ever heard. Yeah, oh, mate, I, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. And lastly, Tom, do you think this is a, a bit of a ruse, not only to get the big uh, money for uh, the Hay Belly fight, but do, do you think it's a way of ducking Bradis essentially? Definitely a way of duck and braid us. But, you know, the thing is, we can slag these fighters and all that, but in any it's prize fighting and they're trying to earn money. And I, I don't begrudge guys taking money fights because that's what they're in the thing for. So I don't begrudge them. But, and like, I don't begrudge, say that, let me say that again. I don't begrudge Tony Bellew doing it, right? Because he's going up there and he's getting, he basically paid a couple of million quid to get his head smashed in. And I say... Fair enough. But David He, on the other hand, is he's got a long history of like battering fellas that are useless and getting loads of money for it and selling them like like they're they're gold and it's just rubbish. You know what I mean? Yeah. For a fight a fighter fighters want to get paid, fans want to see fights. And I don't know if anybody saw David Hay did a long IFL interview there, I think it was during this week, and he was talking about how, you know, uh he was involved in, you know, two great pay-per-view events with, you know, uh, Audley Harrison and Derek Chisora and how everybody was, like, loving them. And it's like, does he, like, does he really think people forget how bad Audley Harrison was? This guy quit doing pay-per-view. So I really don't want to see that fight. Really don't want to see it. But I don't begrudge Dave, uh, Tony Bellew trying to get it. That's the way I put it. Definitely. That's fair enough. No, I can't begrudge Belly. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, in a way it's an entertaining fight. Like in a way, I'd like the fight. But in another way, 
you could almost, it would be better. I think Mikey put in the chat, he'd rather see Bellew, Bradis and Hay versus a top heavyweight. And I think, yeah, when you look at it that way, maybe. One thing. With, with, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah, I was thinking like, like to me, it's like a way of, also a way of Eddie Hearn keeping Hay away from AJ. You know, I think that's definitely in the thinking. I also, if I was Hay, would I like to take the Bellew fight? See, I don't know if I would because, like, he can make more money by getting his hands on a heavyweight title. Like, he can get two or three really big paydays, you know? And so, I don't know if it's, you know, I, I don't know if Hay is that up for it, to be honest with you. I don't get the impression he's up for it like he was for you know, some of these other fights. I, do, I don't think, I think he thinks that if he does that, he'll really finally become a, I think he's a, like, I don't know, I was watching uh, on BBC, Would I Lie to You? I don't know if everybody knows that comedy show. It's like, yeah. a, like one of these comedy panel shows. And, and David Hay was on it. And your man, Lee Mack, the comedian, on, who was on, on, on one of the teams or whatever, he was like, he slagged David Hay openly for like, basically getting in fighting plumbers and all these, and, and robbing money from the, from the public. And the whole audience, everybody laughed. Like, and so it's, it's even like the man on the street knows David Ho, David Hay, David Ho, that's his new name, David Ho. There we go. Uh, David Ho has been, uh, you, know, uh, you know, robbing the public and giving them shit shows. So I think, uh, I think he might be a bit wary of doing the belly one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, something to, yeah, we'll come to you in just a second. Something today um, that bothered me slightly, um, regular Twitter users, and I know there's uh, a few of them in the chat, there's three or four in particular who know who I'm referring to, but regular Twitter <laughs> users um, um, would have noticed David Hay put up a tweet yesterday saying that there was a big announcement today uh, via his social media. And it appears that the big announcement was that David Hay put on his Facebook that his next fight will be against cancer, as in the disease. And David Hay will be fighting, joining the fight against cancer by signing up to the Stand Up to Cancer movement. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for people trying to find a way to cure cancer. I'm all for a celebrity throwing their weight behind that movement. I'm all for someone donating money or donating their time to try and assist with um, a cancer charity. But at the same time, this is just another example of David Hay literally using any method to try and build hype and to try and uh, create interest around his name. Um, you know, I've got some big news coming. All the boxing fans, you know, he's getting millions of retweets, people panicking. Is it going to be Joshua? Is it going to be Huey Fury? Is it going to be Klitschko? And he's announcing that he's working with a cancer charity, um, which, yeah, I mean, it, it rubbed me up the wrong way. Maybe that's just me being harsh. Um, but let me know what you guys think. Anyway, let's uh, let's bring Jet in. Jet, let's uh, let's start with the Bellu matchup. Uh, your take on that situation, and after that, mate, maybe let's let's talk down the card. Let's talk Bradis. Uh, let's talk um, Luke Campbell. Yeah, um, Bellu. I mean. Mate, he's a divisive character, isn't he? Uh, splits a lot of the opinion. Uh, sorry, the uh, public. Uh, loads of people have an opinion on him, and um, yeah, I mean, apart from the first one, he he didn't look so bad 
on Saturday. On, yeah, Saturday. And, um, you know, you know, I can't really, uh, you know, obviously he looked defensively open, but going forward, he didn't look too bad. And, um, you know, that's probably the one of the few times that you hear me saying say that about uh, Tony Bellew. But, um, you know, BJ Flores ex- exposed what he was in the first round, you know. He's defensively open. He's slow. Uh, just, you know, lack of fundamentals, I think. And, um, yeah, he has some decent power. I mean, you know, me and Irish Tom, before you came on yesterday on the show, we spoke about uh, Tony Bellew has a great left hook, which he does. Uh, he knocked out uh, Langa Maccabi with it. And, um, you know, the, the shot he finished Flores with was uh, with a sweet left hook. So, um, you know, he has some things going for him, but David Hay is a massacre. Uh, he would absolutely ice him. He would, he would kill him, uh, you know. And some of the odds for it are ridiculous. I mean, is it 8-1 to one or, or 12-1 to one within six rounds? That's, that's absolutely free money. David Hay can take him out when he wants to. And, and the thing he said, he, was, he could take him out with a jab. He probably could, I'll, I'll be honest. He could, you know, he could poke him in the eye and, and Tony Belly would fall down. You know, Tony Bellew, he, he's gone down by lighter punches over McKenzie. Uh, McCarby's not as big a puncher as David Hay. You know, David Hay is a bona fide, you know, first-class puncher. Uh, he, he would be the best puncher that Tony Bellew would have ever faced. And, you know, I don't see that ending well for Tony Bellew. And you know what? I don't, I don't dislike Tony Bellew. I don't like him. Don't dislike him. I think he's a great value for money. He, he, he's a funny guy. I mean, uh, you know, it was obvious the uh, sort of David Hay, um, you know, after he knocked out Flores, it was, it was so, you know, pre-planned. It was just so fake. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, they're trying to create the fight. So fair dues to them if they can both get some money. Well, Tony Bellew, especially, as Irish Tom's uh, correctly pointed out. Uh, David Hay doesn't really need more money than uh, than he's already got. He got what one million pound for fighting uh, Jar Jar Binks. So uh, yeah, I mean he he doesn't really, you know, I'm not really interested in seeing that fight. But um, this is definitely a way to avoid Bradis, avoid uh, Gregory Zod as well. So you know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, going down the card, uh, Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell looked pretty good. We we spoke about it yesterday. Uh, he looked very, very good. I mean, when he's on form and, he, and you know, he makes the weight correctly, he, he looks he looks really, really solid. He was putting some meat behind his punches. Uh, looked really, really solid. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know you said probably something, maybe because you were intoxicated, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, uh, you said something quite controversial or something, you know, that maybe people may have an opinion on that Luke Campbell is probably the best lightweight in the U.K., um, and he could probably he could win a world title and challenge for world honors and you know beat some of the top lightweights out there. I'm not of that opinion. And yet. here, Jet, yeah, Jet, I'm telling you who's a lightweight is gossip. He had one bottle of wine, he turned up half legless last night. <laughs> you, you tell him, Irish, from you, you know him. what? I can't, I can't disagree with Irish there, but what I will say is I'll stand by that comment. Um, and tonight I'm just under the tape, okay? Um, yeah, fair play. Like, I mean, look, I, I, I don't agree with that. I think. I, uh, I think, uh, sorry, uh, Luke Campbell, he, he, I mean, he's still got some time. I mean, I know we say he's 29, he needs to get a move on and that sort of stuff. But, you know, in terms of world-level sort of opponents, the only sort of fringe world-level opponent he faced was Ivan Mendy. Uh, or, or Genus Mendes, he, he fought him, beat him, but Mendes didn't really throw. You know, Mendy handled him quite, you know, not not well, but, you know, he handled him well enough, I guess, is sort of the expression. And, you know, if if he's gonna, I know he turned him for that uh, turned up. You know, uh, terrible shape. 
at the weigh-in and that sort of stuff. But, you know, I guess we have to wait and see. You know, he has to face maybe a, someone like Anidis Tatney, who's the European, who's the European champion. Uh, he's a good opponent. Richard Abril is also there, you know. Those sort of guys are world-level guys, but they're not, um, you know, they're not unbeatable. They're, they're, they're there for the taking. They're solid guys. I think he needs to kind of, you know, test himself against those sort of guys. Uh, Bradis, you know, Bradis is, he done what he had to do, demolition job, three rounds. Uh, you know, for, as I said, we said earlier, he'll he'll quite easily beat Tony Bellew, but uh, it is when his chance comes, I guess. Um, Ryan Farag versus Ryan Burnett, you know, we spoke briefly about Ryan Burnett yesterday. He is, uh, you know, obviously a, a highly touted prospect, but he didn't, you know, he didn't look great, I guess, on, uh, he was, I think he was trying to force it a lot on uh, on, on Saturday. And um, Farag, you know, did catch him quite quite comfortably at times, you know, quite regularly as well. So, I, I don't know. Uh, he's with Adam Booth. Maybe Adam Booth needs to, uh, you know, re- work really, really hard with him in the gym. So, uh, you know, let, let's see how far Ryan Burnett goes. He, he's decent, but can he win a world title? Can he win a European title? Is the, is the bigger question, you know. There's some big names at bantamweight as well. Uh, Zalani Tete, Jamie McDonnell, Lee Haskins, Shoot Hall's there, uh, UK-based, uh, you know. Then then obviously you have the sort of international names, uh, Raushi Moore and Payano, those sort of guys. So there, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement with Ryan Burnett. But um, I guess we'll see um, how much he can improve on the booth uh, in, the, in the coming sort of months and years. Definitely, mate. Definitely. And um, did you, um, what about Bradis Valili? Um, do you think Valili can come back from a performance of that nature? Well, I'm not exactly sure how, how old he is. I don't think he's that old. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw, you know, some of the things he was doing wasn't too bad in there. He, he was trying to do the right thing, I, think, I guess, against a, a noted puncher. So, you know, I, I, guess, I guess we'll see. He, he's young. He obviously he's lost his uh, record, but he's lost, you know, he's lost to a, a really top-level guy. So he shouldn't be too disappointed, shouldn't be too disheartened. He can come back uh, and, you know, rebuild. I mean, you know, there there are other sort of domestic sort of cruiserweights that he could fight and maybe, you know, get some valuable experience after he beats a couple of, you know, journeymen and that sort of stuff. I mean, there's uh, Craig Kennedy there. There's, you know, Oval McKenzie who holds the British and Commonwealth titles. He'll probably vacate them soon. Obviously, Tony Belly is a bit, you know, too far. But, um, you know, there, there's a few guys there I think he can uh, hold his own against if he obviously improves and, and, you know, gets back to winning way soon. So, yeah, it was a good platform for him to kind of improve, uh, sorry, to kind of, you know, show show what he's, show some of his skills, I guess, on, on primetime skies. So, yeah, best of luck to the kid. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I felt really sorry for him, actually. Uh, he looked like a talent to me. Um but he was thrown in nine and zero against Bradis, you know, very out of his depth. Um, yeah, he gone from fighting nobody to fighting who some people consider to be the top cruiserweight on the planet. Um, I just kind of felt he was fed to the wolves a bit, um, so I, I felt a bit sorry for him. And I, I, I thought he, despite the fact he was fed to the wolves, I thought he emerged with some credit. So uh, yeah. yeah, he didn't disgrace himself whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Cool. Um, good stuff. So, two notable losses this week. Ryan Walsh took a loss in a fight where he fought with credit. And Erkan Tepper, um, the podcast panel's favourite fighter, uh, not, lost as well in a fight that will have amused many onlookers. Uh, Paul, do you want to uh, talk about either of those fights, mate? 
Um, well, um, I didn't see the 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 Walsh one, but the the Tepper one, I sort of saw a few um, poorly shot videos. So, um, obviously, the the um, there's only a limited amount you can get from a video like that. Um, but I mean, for me, it's just a, a, a another indicator that. Um, Tepper's not the same fighter without the um, without the um, shall we say assistance, the chemical assistance. Um, he doesn't look like the um, the knockout artist he, he he looked like before for me. Um, you know, Christian Hammer's not exactly um, sort of like um, a top heavyweight. I wouldn't say. Um, I mean, like if you, I mean, like the Irk and Tepper that that just knocked David Price out cold. How he was looking then is not what he looks like now, for me. Yeah. At all. Um. So, um, I haven't really got much more to say on that. Um, Irk and Tepper just, I just. I, I've got no. I mean, I've, I've said it before, but I've just got no idea how he just keeps on getting allowed to fight again after um, sort of like such flagrant sort of like um, abuses of, of 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 of. Let's be honest, we've just had a guy die in the ring. Yeah, um, this is this is not. I mean, I, I've got no sympathy for people that that are just like totally juiced up and going out um, and then getting let back in, you know, giving their license back. I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Can't disagree with you there, mate. I can't disagree with you. Um, Tom, do you have anything more to add on that, mate? Or slight start you off on the, the first issue of our news segment? Well, why don't we try the news segment? Let's go with that. So the news is, that Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko hasn't been announced. Um, now, whilst the fighters have been completely ruled out, Eddie Hearn has said he's speaking to new opponents. And Vladimir Klitschko, we happen to know, is speaking to new opponents. So, for me, the fight feels like it's slipping away. Um, I was always sceptical of the fight happening, but let's have your take on this one, Tom. Well, I thought you were going to be a little bit more obnoxious there, Gossel. What's wrong? I got it all out. Well, there's two reasons why I was less obnoxious. Number one is because I'm eating a delightful chicken wrap um, that I want to stuff down my throat. Um, number two was because I was pretty obnoxious about the subject um, on Jet Show last night. But yeah, once again, the gossip pulled it right. What do you call it? Uh, is that from Subway? Is it from Subway? <laughs> yeah, a go-go just came round to deliver it for me, mate. <laughs> that's how he, That's how he's making his money doing deliveries. I wonder. Um, did he fuck uh, up the path? <laughs> he did. He did. He did. And all you Go Go fans in the chat, stay tuned tonight because I've got one heck of an update for you later. Yeah, yeah. I know what you. Tell you we should just rename this channel just the Go Go Channel. That's. Yeah. Sorry. Um. What? What we talk? What are we talking about? Oh yeah, the heavyweights. Um. Yeah, like uh, it still might happen. Uh You know, I'm. Weirdly, what we were saying was that Eddie Hearn wouldn't let him near him. But it seems like it's the other way around, which is uh, 
So I think Eddie Hearn is willing to put him in with Klitschko. I think uh, I think but it's coming. Did Eddie Hearn always know that those belts would never sanction the fight? Well, you don't know that. Like, I think he's probably gone to... It sounds like he's gone to a lot of work. It'd be a lot of work. I, I don't know. It, oh, I'm no Eddie Hearn lover. But I've given him the benefit of the doubt here. I think... Is there maybe, no parallels to you about Golovkin? Oh, there is parallels. So it's hard to know. But, like, uh, until we hear Klitschko's side come out and talk, you know... Uh, you know, maybe maybe Klitschko, some people, I don't want this, people go on about, like, ducking so often, you know, it's, uh, I don't like, but Hatman has a video, every time somebody is in negotiations, somebody is ducking this or that person, and it kind of drives me a bit mad listening to it, to be honest with you. Let's see if, if Klitschko comes, Klitschko might think that I want to get my hands on my own belt and then have a better bargaining position. You know, it could be it could, it could be stuff like that that's happening. I hope the fight happens. I think it's one of the best fights in world boxing. It's bound to be a good fight. Two big men bringing glamour to the heavyweight division. Hope it fights. Think Klitschko is favourite. Think Joshua's a very live dog. Uh, really will be freaking over the moon if it happens, you know. To me, it's like, it's the number one fight I want to see in boxing now. That's not been made. I think that's the number one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm look, looking forward to it. Um, I, I don't know who Joshua will fight if, if, it does, if that falls through. I don't know who's going to fight him. I think it'll be a shit show. But, uh, yeah. That's about it. Do you think it's going to be like a Molina? Yes. Yeah. Um, who else do we have? We've got... Uh, it's relatively short notice now as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. But I, I'm sure that he's been in talks with like four or five, six guys. So those guys have gone pretty much at least semi into camp, you know? They're mm -hmm. probably training fairly heavy already. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm just kind of annoyed by it, to be honest with you. Like, I was, I was, I was getting buzzed for that fight. I hope it happens. Hoping I'm it so is is the November is the November twenty sixth show in the Manchester Arena still happening? Uh, well, there was a rumor circulating, which Bart put in the chat, that Dillian White will now fight Derek Chisora on that day. But I heard an interview with Dillian White earlier today on IFL TV. Shout out to IFL, where he said um, that potentially he could fight on the undercard of December the tenth. So the answer is we don't know. My instinct is. November the 26th will probably be cancelled. Dillian White actually said that he... I saw that. Is that the one where he's in the car? That's right, Paul, yeah. Yeah, um, if I remember rightly, um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, he actually said that Eddie had phoned him that morning and had said that he would be... He definitely would be on that... Uh, that that show um, on the undercard, um, but they just weren't sure whether it was going to be Chisori yet or not. I've got to say as well, what, what, while we're on that subject, he, I thought he, I thought he was absolutely hilarious. Did any of you guys see that? He was calling what? Lucas Brown um, a, a, a semi erect penis. He was saying like it's like <laughs> you get there and you can almost penetrate, but then you just can't quite get it done. Like. 
Did, oh, did no. anyone see the uh, Lucas Brown sort of? Um, he done like an update video, um, and oh, he, he was saying how everyone's asking him when he's going to come over to the UK and fight Dillian White, and he was just like, "I'm not fighting him. He's a fucking idiot." And and pardon my language. And uh, literally, he just went in on Dillian White. I've never heard Lucas Brown like go in on someone like this, and he's just like. No, I'm not fighting him. I'm fighting for a world title, and he's European level at best. He holds an English title, and he was just going in on him for about 30 seconds. I don't know if anyone else saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, to be fair, like, don't get me wrong, it's an interesting fight, but I think Lucas Brown's kind of got a point, really. Um, yeah. No disrespect, man, but w w why would Lucas Brown come and fight Dillian White at this point? And what would he yeah, get I mean, paid? What would he get paid? Would he get 100 grand? Probably wouldn't. <laughs> You know, yeah. fuck that. He's, he's, he's a number one contender. It's just Dillian White just slagging everybody, hoping to get his name out there. Like, mm. he's even slagging off Ortiz. You better watch his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ortiz. Mate, I think someone's oh, going to yeah. take him up on the um, street fight offer. Sorry, Paul. No, it's all right. No, I, I was just saying, like, oh, oh, God, Ortiz would absolutely destroy Dillian White. And so would um, Lucas Brown. I agree with Tom. I think he, he has got a good point. It's like... To be honest, Dillian White, um, does anybody think he's even European level? I'm not no. sure he is. No, I mean, Pulev is European champion. Uh, I would make Pulev a very... <laughs> In fact, I'd go as far to say Dillian White is a puncher's chance against Pulev. Well, what about uh, Dillian White versus Chisora? To me, that's a pretty close fight. I think that's a pick -em. Depends uh, if Eddie the Envelope has got his money out. I've got to be honest and say I think Dillian White is a reasonable favourite in that, Tom. I'd, I'd have him probably 80% favourite. But come on now, look at, look at Dillian. Dillian uh, put... Dillian put uh, now, I know it was, a, it was a terrible fight against Pulev, but he still took three or four rounds off Pulev. Do you think that Dillian White... Yeah. Do you think that Dillian would do any better than that? I don't. I actually don't think that Dillian's the favourite for me. If I had to put money one way or the other on that fight, I'd put it on Chisora. Wow. I mean, the bookmakers do have Dillian White quite a strong favourite, I believe. Um, but what I think in that fight, I think Pulev is a substantially better fighter than Chisora. However, I think Chisora's style is the perfect style to cause Pulev problems. Um, so whilst Pulev definitely won that fight, I thought at times Chisora's style rubbed Pulev up the wrong way. But for Dillian White, the reason I think he'd be effective against Chisora is if we look at Dillian's um, last couple of fights, he's actually one round behind a jab and moving. And I've always thought he'd be vulnerable fighting that style against an elite boxer like a Pulev, because I think he's not hard to outbox. Um, but Derek Chisora has literally nothing on the outside. The only thing he's got on the outside is that huge, slow overhand right that hasn't landed since 2008. Um, and Derek Chisora's whole f fight seems to be about getting it on the inside and getting on someone's chest. But Derek Chisora at this stage is so slow on his feet. He's so slow on his feet. Um, I just think a young, fresh guy like Dillian White uh, would be able to move around him and win rounds behind a jab. I don't know. I don't, but, yeah. I don't think Dillian White is... I don't, I don't know if I'd call him young and fresh. I mean, he's young. 
Um, he, he's he's. I mean, for me, he's also quite slow. I just think maybe Chisora would have a little bit too much for him in, in the way of experience. And um, Chisora's awkward as hell. I don't. I don't know. I I don't rate Dillian White. I I don't. I don't. I I don't rate him either, to be honest. Um, I I think that Dillian White will lose when he fights a Euro level boxer. Um, but I think I think Chisora. You you say that White isn't fresh, and that's a fair point, Paul. But Chisora is the least fresh fighter in heavyweight boxing. Yeah, that's true. But like, but the thing is, like, I think Chisora is European level. I don't know if Dillian is. I think if you want to make money on that fight, put money on, on, on Chisora to win and then lay it off after about six rounds when the odds come in like crazy. And that's how to make money on that fight because that fight's not going to be a shutout. Like Derek Chisora is a mile better than uh, Ian John Lewison. Is that his name? And he's a mile better than uh, Dave Allen. Just a mile better than him. He's fought at a much higher level. Like Derek has never been... Like the only person, like Derek has done well against all the top fighters, you know, you know he, you know Tyson, you know did eleven nil on him or whatever. But like Derek still was in there with him, you know, and he did well against Fatali. Even and the he, David and he did, Hay fight, he he was he, he he caught David Hay. I mean, yeah, he had moments in the David Hay fight. Now I know his overhand right, Tom. You were saying it one hasn't landed since two thousand eight. He he threw one in two thousand eight, and it's still on its way. It hasn't landed yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I I actually agree. You know, I I I don't disagree with what you're saying, Tom. Um. I just, I remember watching that Chisora Pulev fight and I think I spoke to Paul about it. And Paul, forgive me if I'm misquoting you here because I, I can't, my memory is not good at the best of times. But I think Paul and I both agreed that um, we just had very limited interest in, in seeing Chisora in any sort of fight of this magnitude again, just because he, he, he seemed to just be a bit slow, lumbering, clumsy. He just didn't have it. Um, anymore, we felt. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, you, are, I, I, you are right. It was me and and uh, and me as well. But yeah, and and thinking back now, as as you guys know, my my, I've got a touch of brain damage, as I like to call it, and my memory isn't isn't the best. And but now that you you kind of jog it a little bit, yeah, and that's the last time we saw Chisora, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was he was painfully slow in that, and it, to to be honest, he looked like a sharp fighter in that. Um, fight as well, which I wasn't really taking into consideration. So you, you may you may well be right. I think it's it, it's probably clash, clash of the um, clash of the not so great. I think neither of them are are great, and it's hard to call actually. I tell you, lads, this will be such a bad fight as well if it happens. I think I prefer to listen to Jimmy Savile singing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" for an hour than than watch this fight. <laughs> What you think the style-wise is going to be very um, clumsy? Oh my God! You know, uh, Dillian is not the most stylish, and Derek's not the most stylish, and it'll be Derek trying to get in there, and and God knows what Dillian will be trying to do. It'll just be rubbish. It'll be about as bad a fight as you can hope to see. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I, do you think it will be um, the lot of Dillian White? I'm afraid. Yeah, his his last two fights haven't been uh, fireworks, have they? Um, what about the build-up, though, Tom? Hopefully, uh, there'll be some good WWE build-up, surely. 
yeah, but the thing is, lads, I'm totally over Dillian White already. I don't watch any of his videos anymore. I'm bored of them because it, it, it's just like a parrot. Like it's just like you, you, if he just changed the, the the name of the fighter who he's tagging in each one, like it's just getting tiresome to me. To be honest with you, like he, that's a fairly good line. I must admit, like a semi erect penis. There, you know, I'd be proud of that one myself. But like, I, I just, uh like I'm just, a, I, just bored of him already. Like if I, he was a good fighter and if he could actually do something. I'd be able to listen to him more, but when he's as poor as he is, it, it's just like it's just like somebody in a, in a pub. Uh, no, I mean I've got to say I I, I, I don't I don't share your, uh, Tom's um, sort of like sentiments there. I I, I like watching Dillian because he comes out with some so he comes that interview this morning. He come out with about five or six funny things, um, but I agree with uh, gossip like the the. Um, the build-up to that fight would be wicked because because they've got history, haven't they? Uh, and and Chisora is a is a character in the build-up as well, so th- th- you'd almost be guaranteed uh, stuff to happen. Um, you'd have to hide the hide the drinks from 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 Delboy and and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be a good build-up. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, uh, I certainly agree with you there. Certainly agree with you there. Uh, Derek Shaw would almost certainly get bottled in the build-up, um, which is uh, <laughs> always gets a few views. Um, yeah. Jet, let's bring you in. What's your take on this, mate? What, um, Dillian White versus Chisora? Yeah. No interest in it whatsoever, mate. You don't want to see these two fight. Uh, Dillian White wins the fight easy for me. Um, I, I don't really share Irish Tom's sort. Um, notion about Dillian White. Dillian White comes, you know, sometimes he's a bit immature and says some stupid things, but sometimes he says some funny things like uh, lamb sex and that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, he does come out with the occasional funny stuff and um, can't can't begrudge him. He's getting his name out there. Um, he's doing what he needs to do. He's British champion, that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, well done to him. Uh, might get a meaningful fight, but we'll, we'll wait and see, I guess. Um, you know, obviously, I think he still has some beef with Joshua and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, well, we'll, I guess we'll wait and see. We'll, um, yeah, kind of wait and see. Uh, I've heard that it's definitely happening on November 26th, but, you know, that could be a lie. I mean, loads of people said that with Joshua Klitschko, and I think we were the two that said Joshua Klitschko won't be happening this year. So, yeah, um, I guess we'll... I guess you know when when the time comes, we'll, I guess we'll wait and see David Hay news as well. You know, not nothing really is happening. I think they're all flattering to deceive in terms of the saying this news is going to come, this news is going to come. But you know, they'll end up fighting sort of, you know, bog standard sort of guys and you know with no interest. So I don't know. It's an interesting division post Tyson Fury. Really, I think a lot of the the main fighters are waiting around and and seeing what decisions the governing bodies are going to make. And it's kind of a bit of a stalemate for the time being, but wouldn't surprise me if in a fortnight's time, things are a bit clearer. Um, just before we crack on, um, Iris, I didn't come to you on Luke Campbell, mate. Um, did you want to get in on that? Yeah, no, I was just wondering if he did Luke Campbell. What did people think about him? I thought he looked really well. I thought uh, Luke has improved a lot since his, his loss. And uh, God, he's sitting down his punches. You know, Luke has got talent. Uh, you're thinking he's the best in in Britain. I don't think I'd go that far yet. 
but I think he's has you know he's not too far behind. But uh, I think that's a stacked division. I think it'd be hard for him to win a world title there. He's got to beat somebody. You know, who's the who's the weakest champion in that division? Weakest champion in that division. Um, is Robert Easter Jr. Robert Easter probably. Robert, he's good man. Is Robert Easter Jr. Terry Flanagan? Um, Dejan Slats and Norgan and Aris. That is a that's a tough division that's, to win a title. Yeah. Stacked man, stacked. And he's he's not getting any younger. Like he's not he's not he's not twenty four. You know, like he's twenty nine or something. So, like, uh, yeah, there's some there's some good contenders as well. Richard Comey and those sort of guys as well. So yeah, you know, Comey is very yeah, good. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for Luke Campbell. I think you know he he could get there, but it's gonna be very 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 tough. And there's also Mikey Garcia, and he he's gonna clean them all out. But like, uh, <laughs> so I think that's a, a tough division. Yeah, it is a tough division. Um, oh, look, you can't... Do you know what? Um, styles make fights. And I know that the fact that Perry Flanagan went the distance with Derry Matthews doesn't mean he's a worse fighter than Luke Campbell because Luke Campbell got him out of there. I know it's not as simple as that. Having said that, it is an indicator. Um, you know, if you're seeing a fighter... Demolish an opponent who um, gave a good account against another opponent. It, it is an indicator. And for me, uh, I was very taken with the way uh, Luke Campbell dealt with business. Not only because I thought his performance was good, I thought he'd really improved. I saw it, whether it was that he'd made the weight better, whether that it was that he'd learned from the mistakes. Uh, I thought he'd worked on the areas that he'd been going wrong and shown real improvements. So I, I was very, very impressed. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he has improved. But I do, if you want to put it like that, though I'm talking about the opponents, what do you think Terry Flanagan going to do to your man Mendy? He beat him 99 times out of 100, I think. I think, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think, uh, so, not, you know, it's my only anecdote, so I won't give it again, but I don't think that was the real Luke Campbell in the ring that it is a great anecdote, though, Tom. It is. It's a fine it's anecdote. Isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Ron called me up after the last podcast and asked for an exclusive on it for the front page. Yeah, okay. it reminds. It reminds me of the one I uh, the one I tell about how I how I wipe my ass with toilet paper. It's a very good one too. I'll go into it in depth with you sometime. But uh, um, yeah, no, I I just think that you know it's probably a close fight, but I I. I I don't know if I'd say he's the best in England yet, uh, but uh, he's definitely good. But I think he will find it hard to win a title there. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be easy. Um, it's certainly maybe not. Ter- but... Maybe Terry Fanagan will move up and then he'll go for a vacant. I have a question for the panel. How many of Matchroom's uh, world champions have won the title uh, from beating the champion, Brooke. Who did he beat? Tom oh, he did, yeah. no, he... Okay, yeah. Nathan Cooley uh, when he knocked out Jurgen Bremer. Give up. <laughs> Gossip is like going to hold that all so close because he won so much money off it. He knows that that was awful, mate. Um, <laughs> what else? Well. Well, he won a vacant title, but he'd be a sort of rated contender, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's not. But number one, laugh. Um, Charles Martin was a world champion. I know. Yeah, Charles Martin was, but let's let's not talk about him. 
Because uh, it, it, look, at Gossip's rubbing his face there, you know. I'm you just know, trying to think. Was it Lee, Lee Selby beating Gradovitz? Yeah. Gradovitz, yeah. What did Jamie McDonald win it against yet? Vacant title on the uh, on that undercard. Vacant. Yeah. Scrooge has. Yeah, yeah. Has any has any world champion fought the best person in their division to win their title? No, no. I actually would make a half-hearted argument for the Gale and Durrell for McDonald. I would pick Andre Durrell to beat Bally Jack, and I would probably pick. I would probably say McDonald is the best in his division after his wins over. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't beat the best in his division, did he? No. No, but I mean, like, the DeGale one, you can make a case, but have you seen Andre Durrell since? Uh, he rubbish. No, yeah. He, like, his last two fights, I think it was the last fight or last two fights, he's been extraordinarily bad looking. So, who knows how good that DeGale one is. That's yeah. my rant over. Who are the other matchroom champions? I'm worried that we're missing one or two. Crowley was recently just lost a title. Um, yeah, he beat Perez. Perez was n- unknown. Ricky yeah. Burns, vacant title. Yeah. Ricky Burns, vacant, yeah. Um, Mind you, to be even-handed, let's look at Frank. I mean, you couldn't say anything for uh, Terry Flanagan winning the world title. Um, Same. Billy Joe Saunders won against Lee. Billy Joe Saunders won against Andy Lee. Uh, at least Andy <laughs> Lee was champion. You know, I suppose. Um, yeah, no, 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 the same, the same. The only person in England who's done it is Tyson Fury. And who's the last... um, uh, Frank's other world champion? Liam Smith. He just lost his oh, belt Liam against Smith. Canelo. Vacant oh. title against John. Oh, yeah. Honest, like, to be honest, though, no one fights the top guy in the division now. He's usually the top guy in the division like cherry-picking some fucking bomb no one's ever heard of, isn't it? Yeah. That's part of the problem, yeah. That is part of the problem. I suppose uh, Ricky Hatton and, and Tyson and, and and Tyson Fury, I suppose the only two you could say. Maybe Amir Khan. That's about... They're about the only three fighters that have taken on the top guys. Anyway, I got off my high horse. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, I'm going to start on this next topic because I think it's quite an interesting one. Uh, on this one. Bernard... The alien Hopkins returns to the ring at 51 years of age to fight Joe Smith Jr., who famously knocked out Andre Fanfara in a fight that he was a massive, massive underdog against. Um, Jet, let's uh, let's have your take on that news story, mate. Yeah, um, he's he's pushing 52, I think, the alien. So um, you know, credit to credit to him where it's due. Uh, it was supposed to be. You know, a standalone event. It's on the um, same date as Takashi Mura versus Orlando Salido. Salido's obviously pulled out because of an injury. That was for the interim super featherweight title. So, um, yeah, you know, Joe Smith, obviously, he had a good, good win against Fonfara in one round uh, last time out. You know, obviously, we didn't learn too much, but Fonfara got caught cold. He got a bit greedy in that fight and, and Smith took him out. Uh, Smith only has one loss. Um, you know he, he's quite. You know he's he's quite relatively unknown. So you know I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying Joe Smith's going to win by any chance. I think Bernard Hopkins is going to, you know, just just put on a boxing clinic and you know school him for for 12 rounds. I think it's, it might be 10 rounds. I'm not I'm not sure, but it, for for the length of the fight. So um, yeah, 
it's it's crazy. I don't know. I, I saw some of the pad work Hopkins was doing a you know a month or two ago. I, I did hear he was going to face maybe Gilberto Ramirez. Uh, you know there there was talks he might come down to to super middle and fight for the WBA title a couple of months ago. So you know he he's obviously coming in a light heavyweight coming in against a contender. He's not coming in against in, in a sort of gimme fight. So you know credit where credit is due. He's never backed away from anyone. And um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be sad to see you know a, a ring legend like Bernard Hopkins retire, but at least he's going out on top and he's going out on his terms. You, uh, a lot of people are giving Smith a chance in this fight. Uh, how competitive do you see it yet? I don't really see it com- as competitive as other people, to be honest. I think you know Bernard Hopkins is is a master at what he does. I think loads of people are saying Andre Ward is the second coming of, of uh, Bernard Hopkins. I think Bernard, Hop- uh, Bernard Hopkins is actually much, much better. But, you know, he's very, very skilled uh, in, in what he does. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows his way around the ring. Obviously, early part of his career, he had a bit of power. Now he's kind of just, you know, relied on his technical sort of ability. Uh, Joe, Joe Smith, you know, he has a puncher's chance, but... In terms of raw belly, I haven't really seen anything from him to, to trouble Hopkins. Just depends what kind of Hopkins we get uh, post Kovalev, because Kovalev seems to have the effect that, you know, once you lose to him, you're kind of on your way down. You're on the slide. Uh, look at Nathan Cleverly, you know, Najib Mohammadi, those sort of guys. He, he's faced a lot of John Pascal as well. He, he's faced a lot of decent sort of fighters, and they've kind of gone downwards since. So. Hopefully, you know, we don't see a sort of very, very, very faded version of Hopkins, but he's been doing this long enough. I think he's got the goods to beat Smith quite comfortably. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've kind of got negatives against both guys because Smith, I kind of think he's very, very flattered by that win against Fanfara. I actually don't believe he's this mega puncher at all based on his previous form. But at the same time, Hopkins, I know Hopkins is a guy who has routinely defied age. You know, Bernard Hopkins has been an old man uh, since I was in primary school, uh, literally. Um, But that drubbing that he took from Kovalev, um, that's something that can make anyone get old overnight. You know, and I I, I would be very, very upset if... uh, he uh, he went out to Joe Smith Jr. with a loss. I think that would be a, a devastating end to his career. Yeah, I think you're spot on, mate. Uh, you know, at, at least this way, he's not going out on a sort of um, you know he's going out in his own terms. They say they say it's his last fight, and obviously he's concentrating on uh, you know Golden Boy promotions. He, they, him, and Oscar De La Hoya are close friends and business partners in the business. So you know, at least he goes out on his own terms. He's not going out you know, forced sort of injury or whatever. So, you know, last fight, they say. So, you know, best of luck to the guy. 100%. Um, Paul, anything to add on the Bernard Hopkins fight, mate? Um, I mean, I I, I enjoyed the... Um, I, I was quite impressed with um, the Joe Smith Jr. performance against Fanfara. I thought he absolutely destroyed him. But having said that, Fanfara... Um, I've never been um, sort of like completely sold on Fonfara anyway. Um, he he had been knocked out before, hadn't he? I mean, like Stevenson knocked him out. And I think a guy called Findlay or something knocked him out earlier in his career as well. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I can't 
I mean, he's got a puncher's chance. He's clearly um, he's clearly got a bit of power. But uh, I think if Kovalev can't knock Bernard Hopkins out, I'm not so sure um, Joe Smith Jr. is going to go in there and just uh, do the same thing. I, I, I know what you mean. People are kind of like uh, uh, a bit, a bit sort of like hyped up from that from Fara, but like this is Bernard Hopkins, you know, like. It's a totally different prospect to to just go in and blitz out Bernard Hopkins from 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 Fari, you know. Uh, I I I I think um, unless, but I mean, again, it's 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 hard to know with these guys that are that that are like um, uh, kind of like really really getting on in years. It's kind of like um, how much has he hasn't fought since the. Um, since the Kovalev fight, he did take a, um, a hell of a, a hell of a beating in that fight, and um, you just don't know how much that's taken out of him. You don't know what was that two years ago? Is it is it about two years since? It must be eighteen months. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, something like that. Yeah, because he faced Pascal twice as well, sort of after that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, it's about eighteen months, two years. So he, he, not only is he fifty years old, I'm right. He's fifty, right? 51, nearly 52. 51, yeah, he, he's 50. Not only is he 51 years of age, but he, he's also been out of the ring for almost two years um, after a, 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 a right beating from Kovalev. So it, it's hard to know which, which, as Jet kind of said, is which Hopkins turns up. Um, I also would be a bit saddened to um to see him sort of like go out like that but um I don't know he's had an illustrious career and uh he's he's obviously made the decision to 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 go out like this and um you know fair play to him I mean I I'd love to um, imagine I'd be anywhere near fit enough to to fight 10 or 12 rounds at 51 like uh I have no doubt um that I won't be so um, <laughs> You know, uh, uh, you can only just give a guy like that respect. So, um, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tom, um, I guess you're you're the oldest on the podcast. Um, you're probably closest to Bernard Hopkins, the struggles you've gone through in advanced years. What's, what's your take on it? Yeah, well, it was it's quite a few years now since myself and Bernard were in the inside together. But, uh, <laughs> I think he ended up... <clears throat> being a more productive member of society than I did. But however, um, I don't want to see this fight, to be honest with you. I think he's too old to be fighting, uh, even though he's Bernard Hopkins. I don't know if you've seen him lately and he's been growing his beard out and he's white and he just looks like a, like some old dude sitting on a porch. Like, uh, I don't want to see him in that fight. Like, if he's not shot, he'll win. And if he's shot, he won't. Uh, Smith can hit. But, you know, if he can take Kovalev's punches he'd be able to take Smith's probably. So I expect him to win. But I think Bernard should just retire. How much money do you need? You know what I mean? You're just, you're just chance and fate. Boxing's, not, boxing's a young man's game. Uh, I know Hatman had a video a few weeks ago talking about how he thinks Bernard Hopkins' speech is different than it used to be and that he's got the first signs of you know being punched drunk. And I don't know if I see that, but uh, he wouldn't be the first fighter to go on too long. You know, Shane Mosley now, when you hear him, he slurs his speech. 
he's been out of he's it's learned his speech for a few years so i hope bernard doesn't do it but um yeah just i want to give out about bernard hopkins though like you know, one thing i just i can't stand in boxing is promoters and the one thing you've got no excuse ever becoming if you're a fighter is a fucking promoter i i just i can't stand like promoters to me are the scum of the earth and it's like bernard and oscar and these boys turn into promoters and exploiting the other fighters it just makes me feel a bit fucking pissed off with them boys because they made so much money in their time do they really need to be sitting there trying to skim some more money if they wanted to do it right way they should set up a boxers co-op and do it all and do it for low cost so the the boxers get all their money i don't think they should be with all their millions trying to exploit all these young lads coming through anyway that's my soapbox Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's hope he gets the win. Let's hope he wins on points and they both get home safe. And then uh, we'll go from there. And hopefully that'll be uh, the end of the Hall of Fame career. Um, Tom, another Box Nation bill cancelled. Billy Joe Saunders and Liam Williams both pick up injuries on the same day or a day apart. Um, the bill is cancelled. Um, this seems to be happening an awful lot. Box Nation are on a... A pretty terrible run of luck this year when you look at Saunders-Lee, Saunders-Lee again, Saunders versus, um, oh God, I can't even remember the guy's name. Um, Bursack. Bursack, yeah, that's it. Saunders-Bursack. Now Saunders versus Wolverine. Fury versus Klitschko. Huey Fury versus Ruiz. I mean, there's probably more that I've forgotten there as well. Uh, Fury versus Klitschko. Fury versus Klitschko at the same time, yeah. Uh, yeah, not 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 good times. Um, is it bad? You know, is it time to be concerned for Box Nation and Queensbury? Yeah, like I'm surprised that show would be cancelled because, like, um, I, I don't know if it was a lack of ticket sales that like people are saying. Because Liam Williams brought a, a like the last time he fought, they sold a lot of tickets. I know you were saying the venue was half empty, but you know when you have these shows and you have 10 fighters on and some people bring in the crowd to it? Like, I think there was quite good numbers at that. Um, and who was on that show again? You had, you had Williams, you had uh, Billy Joe. Who else? There were some other ticket sellers on that show as well. Uh, Tommy Langford. He Chris sold Huber. tickets, apparently. Yeah, he sold 2,000 tickets, you know. So I, and that place only holds about 5,000, so I can't believe that it's to do with to do with the, um, low ticket sales. So I just think it's injuries again. It's like, you know, I'm suspicious a bit about Billy Joe Saunders. I think maybe he's struggling to make weight. Um, but I don't know how many, you know, if 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 if, if your man is bringing 2,000 Langford and, you know, Williams is probably bringing a couple of thousand too. Like, I, I just don't see it being a, uh, a, a problem for ticket sales. I think Billy Joe Saunders might be struggling to get weight. I, I do think that he, he still doesn't look that that shredded. And uh, you know, I'm disappointed because that was a good card. I wanted to see that card. Um, I think you know, Box Nation. Everybody seems to think Box Nation are about to go under, but uh, there's uh, been a lot of rumours about that for years, apparently. So uh, who knows? It's a disappointing, like. You know, it was a good show. Like, what is there a box? There's a box nation card on this weekend as well, isn't there? There's one live this weekend. Yeah, Paul Butler's fighting. Jamie Cox is fighting. That's in a hotel, is it? Somewhere in Bolton, I think. Something like that. That's what I've heard. Yeah, 
They've actually got a oh, decent sorry. card they announced, a decent card they announced at Brentwood Leisure Centre. They've got, uh, uh, I'm trying to think who's on it, Bradley Skeet headlining, um, Chris Eubanks' other son on the undercard. Also, did you guys see that Nigel Ben's other son signed a pro deal with um, with Queensbury today? Harley Ben? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I saw him doing some shadow boxing as well. He looked, didn't look, you know, too bad, obviously. I want to see the real thing, but yeah, not not, not bad. It's interesting that he's signed like the uh, the sort of lesser known sons of both Eubank and Ben. <laughs> yeah. It must be some private. Nathaniel Wilson forever. Must be a... <laughs> Nathaniel. What do you call it, Jim? Just want to give a shout out in the in the chat to Davy Boy Essex. He he ruins my life. I keep on watching all these obscure fights he puts up. I'm just after watching Josh Taylor there. So a shout out to Davy Boy Essex, Sterling Mark. Shout out to Davey Boy Essex every day of the week, definitely. Hope you're doing well, sir. Um, right, um, Paul, another Box Nation bill cancelled, mate. Were you surprised? <laughs> yeah, flabbergasted, mate, because it's not like that happens very often, is it? Um, I don't know. Um, if, if Frank hadn't been going for so long, you, you'd, you'd, um, you'd almost think, yeah, yeah I, I can see them going under, but I mean... Uh, <sighs> You know, like like Tom says, promoters are the scum of the earth, and when you're the scum of the earth, you find a way to <laughs> to stay to stay um, stay above water, keep your head above water. I guess um, he's been do he's been in this game a long time, hasn't he? So uh, yeah, it's um, although you can't you can't um, I mean I can't see the, the 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 business you know the books of that of that company looking too healthy at the minute, surely. I mean, like, the, the, like it seems that every sort of um, big fight and, and whatnot um, that, that, that's coming up for them and stuff uh, just seems to fall through. Um, so, um, you, I mean, you can imagine you'd be pretty pissed off if you were Frank Warren right now. Uh, I, d I don't know if it's the, if it's ticket sales, Um it certainly makes sense for. I mean, I don't know who who sells a lot of tickets and whatnot, but um, it certainly makes sense for them to try and postpone it and 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 call it something else if it is about ticket sales. Because um, I guess give them a bit longer to to sort of like. Um, so so, what's happening with Billy Jono? Is he is that fight just completely cancelled, or is it just postponed? Or well, what? the build's back on in November. I think it's been delayed a month, but it's unclear whether Billy Joe Saunders and that fight is is still going ahead. I don't actually know the answer to that, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll wait and see. I mean, anything, anything. To, I mean, for me to say more than that would be pure speculation at this point. I guess. Uh, I can't see I can't see Box Nation just going under though, uh, to be honest. Well, I certainly hope not because uh, when they're good, they're very very good. Um, yeah. Yet, you'll be pleased to hear yet that the Anthony Agogo update is literally minutes off. Um, but let I'm buzzing, uh, let, mate. <laughs> before we do, let's get your reaction, Jet, on the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's get your reaction on the Box Nation bill being cancelled. Yeah, not uh, not surprising at all. I mean, you know, Box Nation sort of, I don't, I don't know what it is. Do they have a finance problem? Uh, do they have a, you know, a sort of budget? I mean, Frank, 
it must be said. I mean, sort of the fights that he puts on, I think, domestically for, for his own fighters, um, has to be said that they're kind of uninspiring, but they turn in, they turn out to be pretty decent fights. I mean, uh, one of the fights was the Jamie Conlon fight, wasn't it, against Anthony Nelson for the yes. uh, Commonwealth belt or something like that. That was a very, very good fight. I mean, I don't think he expected it to be that good, but, um, you know, he kind of get a, you know might get the rubber the green that he, he may deserve, I guess. But he, he has a lot of international fights and a, a lot of fights that I don't think he would you know, many boxing fans would actually tune into. Obviously, it's a sort of hardcore sort of channel, but even even the hard, the most hardcores wouldn't turn into it. I mean, there, there is a there is a big fight coming up soon, but I can't remember who it's against. It. They were promoting it the other day. I was watching Box Nation just randomly during the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if a lot of his budget is going to that. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going under, but they certainly seem to be struggling uh, some way, you know, somehow. So. I'm not not surprised, obviously. You know, Billy Joe in, in regards to the fighters. Billy Joe hasn't fought in over a year. He, um, well, uh, sorry, around a year. So uh, goodness knows how what what sort of condition he's going to be in. Uh, remember when he was out quite long term, he fought uh, he fought journeyman Johan Bloyer before the Andy Lee fight, and he came in at about one seventy one seventy two, and he looked like a fat you know fat pudgy guy. So and. You know, is is a bit tough. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Tommy Langford don't rate him at all. Um, Liam Williams. Uh, everyone seems to be on the Liam Williams undercard. Uh, Chris Eubank on the Liam Williams undercard. I, I don't know what he's trying to do with Liam Williams, but um, he's a very very good fighter, but just a lack of profile, I think, for Liam Williams. Um, you know, that him versus Patterson will, might uh, might turn out to be a pretty decent fight. To be fair. Uh, you know, I think um, the other card, uh, Boy Jones Jr. is on that card as well. So, you know, th- there's some decent stuff on on, in, on the Box Nation side, but certainly dodgy that, you know, Billy Joe Saunders and Liam Williams both pull out. But very, very, you know, suspicious. I think something's going on there, but I don't know. We can't, we can't point fingers if we don't have any hard proof, I guess. This is it. This is it, yeah. Uh, but that was a good card, as Tom said, and, and let's hope we can... Uh... Uh, can get back into it and get it get it uploaded again. Right, guys, uh, we're going to move on to next week's boxing. But before we do, it's that time of the week again. Uh, Anthony Agogo. And what an Anthony Agogo update I have for you this week. Um, I didn't know which story to actually lead with. Um, just before I went online, somebody sent me a story uh, which led with, Gary O'Sullivan has accused dancing queen Anthony Agogo of avoiding him. <laughs> So the Irishman is going to pursue the issue at his rival's fight this weekend. Spike said, I'll definitely be turning up. Mr. Onono, the dancing queen, will need to be looking over his shoulder. Um, He also said, my younger brother actually fought Anthony in the amateurs and dropped him with a jab. So I think he's petrified of me. Um, So we've got that to look forward to. And of course, now Anthony Agogo is fighting at this uh, uh, semi-elite level uh, we can talk about him in the next week's fights segments but the actual fight that I wanted the actual story should I say that I really wanted to raise with you guys and I'm just pulling up a screenshot on my phone that I uh... Anthony Agogo competes inside the boxing ring but really takes his eyes off the wrestling ring the 27-year-old who won bronze in the Olympics will be writing regular for column, regular columns for Sky Sports looking at the world of WWE. You know, <laughs> I love this. So he eats, 
his pre-training food at Subway. He does his pre-fight training using breakdancing. And for big fight build-up, he is now going to be writing a WWE column on the Sky Sports website. Could it get any better? Could Goss- it get any better? Gossip's just a hater, man. You're, you're just a hater. <laughs> Why are you, you know hating the- this guy, man? It, it could get better. He doesn't make it easier himself, Jeff. Huh? Spike will jump it Spike. Sorry, Gossip. Go, go on, Tom. Go ahead. It's going to be better because Spike's going to jump into the ring wearing his mankini and bend him over and bugger him right there. And that's why he's going to have to be looking around behind his back. That's what's going to be happening. And and for the uh, and and for that uh, gossip, I actually love your hate on, on Gogo. It's quite quite uh, mildly amusing. I mean, a Gogo is going to get. It's all off. A Gogo is getting sparked by. You know, Spike O'Sullivan, and he's getting kissed at the weigh-in. Simple as that. Did anybody see the Him. odds on that? I think Ogogo is 1 to 100 on. That's his best fight so far in his career, and he's 1 to 100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Craig Cunningham. I, I, I desperately was trying to get Ogogo beat this week, so I was having a look into this Craig Cunningham to see if I could make a realistic case for beating him, because... As you guys know, I'm not. I, I don't think Agogo is very much in the ring at all. Um, so I was kind of thinking, looking at this guy's record, potentially, uh, if he's if he's remotely decent, he could uh, beat Agogo. But you know, I'm not saying Cunningham's not a decent fighter, but Cunningham is. Um, I think he's got three KOs to his name, and he's been fighting at a much, much, much lower level, and also at a lower weight class. You know, the guy is not a middleweight. And Agogo, for all of his flaws, you'd have to say that he's a big middleweight. You'd have to say that he's at least semi-athletic. He's quite an athletic guy. Uh, and it, it, to me, you know, whilst I'm sure Agogo is going to get cracked at some point, it's kind of hard for me to see Craig Cunningham being the one to do it. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, well, sorry, I said I said a 1 to 100, but it's actually 1 to 10. I got that wrong. But, uh, yeah, like, you know. How can he be fighting at a lower level than Anthony Agogo? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah. It's, Is that uh, actually, are, you, are you actually serious? It's hard to believe, hey? Yeah. Anthony Agogo has been fighting at a quite high level, the subway level. So you have to give him some praise. <laughs> boom, boom. Do <laughs> you think they're going to make the Agogo spike fight? Yes. I don't know. Spike knocks him out for me, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like Spike. I was speaking about this to Ingram the other day. Shout out to Ingram, shout out to Ingram's cronies. Um, yeah, I was speaking, <laughs> uh, speaking to Ingram about it. And, it, you know, I, I just think that um, Agogo's got such little defence that I think Spike could... Uh, could get him, could catch him, I'm afraid. Some of them shots Spike was catching um, Eubank Jr. with, I'm, I'm, I feel quite confident would knock a go-go out, to be fair. I agree, I agree. Right, uh, let's move on to next week's action. Uh, Paul, we're going to start with you. Gavin versus Eggington. Uh, probably not going to be Rumble in the Jungle Mark 2. You know, it doesn't have the, you know, it's not really had the build-up that it's going to be a classic fight, but arguably uh, quite an exciting one ahead. Uh, what's your 
not an exciting, arguably quite a competitive one, depending on who you listen to. Uh, what's your take on it, Paul? I think it will be competitive. Um, start, slightly lean towards Agington, um, but just slightly. Um, I, I, I don't know. For Frankie Gavin just... Uh, he 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 becomes very low output against against fighters like Eggington, um for me, um, and uh, I, I I don't know I, I uh, he's been, I think he, I think he's kind of, people people are online are reading a lot into uh, the fact that he beat Skeet, but that was a very very close fight. I mean, like um. You, you could have easily have called that either way for me. I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers that fight, but it was, um, as I recall, it was really, really close. Um, Razor. So, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to the fight. I think it's competitive for sure. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be a, a great fight. Um but it might be. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm picking Eggington just uh, narrowly, but I, I, I don't know what anybody else thinks. You're picking Eggington, are you? Yeah. Wow. By what sort of method? Uh, I think... I th- I'm not sure. I th- I'll tell you, the method is Paul having a brain seizure. What, you reckon no chance? No, no, this is almost as bad as the Glowacki pick by Sherry. Oh my god! No, no, let's 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 uh, gents, let's give him some rope here. I'm looking forward to absolutely tearing into him next week. <laughs> 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 okay, well, let's let's see. Um, I I I could be completely wrong. Um, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Okay, interesting stuff. Tom, is Frankie Gavin at 10 to 11 the best bet you've seen for some time? Yeah, no, I think it's a great bet. And I was looking at, I was went looking today at some videos of Frankie to see what state he's in. He looks in good shape. So I think that's very good value. I'd make him about a 90% favourite in this fight. Wow. Um, 90% is strong. Yeah, I just think a good boxer. Like, look what, um, how many rounds did Eggington get off? Uh, of Bradley Skeet. Did you get two rounds? Maybe three or four. But I think what happened is Skeet was so easy in that fight, he kind of went into cruise control a little bit. Yeah, and I think that Frankie Gavin is as good, is a better boxer than Skeet. So it's the same fight again. The only, the only uncertainty there, really, if you ask me, is, uh, is Frankie in shape. And I think he looks in shape. His face looked good, his skin looked good. And uh, he seems confident. And it's just, you know, it's just easy money. That's a very, very, very badly priced. Unless Eddie the envelope has his money out, but they're both they're both these guys. So no real reason for uh, they're both Eddie's guys. And to be honest, Frankie Gavin is the bigger name internationally. Like he's more likely to get a big offer from a. I know Danny Garcia supposedly offered Eggington, but. You think Frankie Gavin is the one who's more likely to get into a big fight? Yeah, I think so. You know, he he cannot. Frankie will definitely probably get another world title shot sometimes. You know, the mandatory or voluntary. But uh, so, 
you know, I, I think that's great, great, great value. That is yeah, great Eddie value. Yeah, so overrated. Mikey's put it in the chat. I backed Bradley Skeet to be Angel. I put, like, a real decent bet down for me. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. it that, and I, I think it's going to be the same here. I mean, the one difference is Eggington is quite a large welterweight, and Skeet is a, a monster at the weight, and... Gavin is a smaller guy. I saw Jet writing earlier. He thinks Gavin's a lightweight. And uh, yeah, let, let's, without opening that can of worms, Gavin is certainly uh, a very, very, very small welterweight. Let's put it that way. So there is a size dynamic, but I, I think that's going to be negated by the difference in, in class here. Yeah, for, you know, uh, looking at those odds, it's hard to believe that Frankie Gavin is is the you know is that is that price you know when I, when I saw the prices I was wondering was it the famous Irish traditional fiddle player Frankie Gavin from the group De Danon, but it turned out it actually was the boxer Frankie Gavin so it was very I was very uh, I was very in shock I think this is a very easy win for Frankie Gavin. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I, I see this as a, a pretty routine um, fight for Frankie Gavin, and I've got to say I don't want to appear over. Confident. I think it's going to resemble a sparring match, a sparring session. I really do. I think, I think Eggington is very, very um, overrated. I think he's extremely raw and extremely sloppy. And whilst Gavin is very beatable, uh, what Gavin is is an extremely advanced amateur, an extremely advanced technician. And if you're a guy with little power, just winging wide shots, he, he's going to know how to deal with that. Uh, so I'm I'm backing Gavin hard here, and uh, you know I don't know if any of you guys in the chat saw my new segment, but I've got a Monday uh, segment which I've called uh, the Boxing Betting Bulletin, and uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. But I'm um, I got a ludicrous comment today in one of the the comments on it, which said, "How can you say you're against cocaine uh, in your Tyson Fury video, but then do a boxing betting video? Isn't it like you know just ludicrous?" But anyway. For those of you who don't feel that way, there is a, um, a boxing betting video up. And without giving the game away too much, my bet of the week is Frankie Yemen to beat Sam Eggington. Um, Jet, do you like the bet? Yeah, mate. Um, there was a bet six to five um, on, on some bookmakers that he would, uh, by decision, Frankie Gavin, I think that's free money there. And I'm going I'm to put, a, you know, a decent amount down on, on Frankie Gavin to win Sam Eggington. Don't give him a chance whatsoever. I mean, you know, I think he I would just... wouldn't take it by knockout, mate, by points, mate. I, I wouldn't. Not if it's six to five. I don't think there's a big enough discrepancy there. You, you guys are going to be hanging your heads in shame next week. I'm going to skin <laughs> you all alive. <laughs> this, this is another sort of cloacky pick, mate, I'll be honest. <laughs> the, only, the only reason you'd be skilling us alive, Paul, is for remorse for your bad pick. No, no. It's not open air, so there isn't even the risk of a lightning strike. <laughs> yeah, either, either that or more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gossip, you've got quite a history with lightning strikes. <laughs> <laughs> Cleverly bramer. <laughs> oh, dear Christ. Yeah. What Sorry, else do we have? No, just uh, either that or just, you know, go for him to win. It's quite... Um, I just want to see what kind of shape he's in. He looks in okay shape, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, maybe closer towards the weigh-in. But, you know, free money on Frankie Gavin to win, regardless, I think, anyway. I think your um, KO bet was a bit w way too, you know, uh, 
over optimistic, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I'd expect Gavin to win, you know, sort of quite comfortably, to be honest. I'll be honest. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't think he will win by KO, but I don't think it's out of the question. Mm, I don't know. I can't, I can't see it, I'll be honest. Might get a uh, sort of maybe the corner pulls Eggington out or something like that. Maybe, but even then, I, I can't see it. I think against Skeet, they probably could have pulled him out because, you know, I know you said Skeet, uh, Eggington, sorry, won about three or four rounds. I, I'll be honest, I think he won one or two rounds, to be honest, if, if I give him maximum. Uh, maybe I'm a bit harsher, but couldn't give more uh, more than two rounds to, to Eggington versus Skeet. I think Skeet just completely outclassed him and he embarrassed him uh, live on Sky, you know, from, from sort of the other side of Box Nation. There, there isn't really much else on, on the card, unfortunately, apart from, obviously, our man at Gogo. Uh, Kawi Fai's on the card. Uh, he's late replacement versus TBA. His brother was pulled out because he had an ankle injury. So, yeah, hopefully Cal gets a world title fight. I think quite, Cal's actually pretty good, to be honest. don't know. What you guys think about Califi? I find Califi, and this is a terrible thing to say, um, so I apologise in advance. I find him really, really dull and forgettable. I've watched Califi fight ten times. I cannot remember how he fights. <laughs> talk, talk about talking a fighter down, gossip. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, say what you really think, gossip. I, I'm just putting it all out there. Tore, <laughs> tore, absolutely tore into the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry he's a nice guy. He, he, I'm sorry he's a very, very good fighter. But, Jesus, if I never saw Callie a fight fight again, I'd uh, I'd get over that pretty quickly, yeah. Um, <laughs> that way. Yeah. Do we have any uh, Callie a five fans on the panel? Big fan, man. But, yeah, I'm a fan of... Fire, I think because he probably he fights in a smaller weight class, so you don't, probably don't remember him. And he's always on low, sort of the undercard. So yeah, he, he's probably one of the better sort of skilled fighters in the UK, to be honest. He's supposed to have a sort of. Uh, I've always thought Paul Butler would like every time I've seen him fight, right? And even though I say I can't remember him, I do remember thinking that this guy is nothing on Paul Butler. I hate Paul Butler. I think he's absolutely terrible, I'll be honest. I think Paul Butler's shocking. I think he gets beaten by any half-decent Bantamweight out there, I'll be honest. I think yeah. Stuart Hall beat him in a rematch, I'll be honest. I, I think so. Calm down, yeah. will you, Jack? Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 in, no, no, sort of thing. I don't like Paul Butler. He lost to the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world, ever. Um, <laughs> there's no saving that. No, no, he, he he never fought Rigan, though. <laughs> oh, it's kicking off, guys. No, I just I don't rate Paul Butler. I think, um, you know, he, he gets beaten by any sort of, you know, any half-decent bantamweight out there because he's moved up now. I think he can't make Superfly anymore or something like that. You know, Tete's obviously there. You know, there's a few others. Uh, McDonnell, Lee Haskins, Stuart Hall. You know, th- th- there are there are some guys there. I think the only thing left to uh, really uh, find out then is what does Jet think of Paul Butler? <laughs> Hate him. <laughs> All right. Rate him. No, well, him and Jamie Conlon. I don't rate Jamie Conlon whatsoever. I think Michael Conlon's way better than him. I don't, I don't know. Paul, he's been involved in good fights, um, and I'm sure he'll continue to be, but I mean, Paul Butler would cut him to shreds, surely. But they fight two different weight classes. Well, now now they fight two different two different weight classes, don't they? Superfly and 
Yeah, but I don't really buy into that because, like, what's the biggest purse Jamie Collins earned in his career? You know, um, a point yeah. like that gets made if you know they want to make it because there's 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 money in it and there's money in it for guys who haven't earned big money. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Conlon is good to watch, but he's not that good, lads. I'd say Paul Butler would take him. Jamie Conlon, I... are, are, he, are, he's been avoiding that fight as well. They've been trying to make that fight for a long time. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually pick Butler in that fight, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Jamie Conlon's not... So you've just changed your mind just straight away? No, I just don't... No. <laughs> Jamie Conlon is not better than Paul Butler. Jamie Conlon's not better than Paul Butler. So I pick Butler, obviously. You if know, it's you, McDonald versus sort of Butler. Butler you know, Jet. Yeah, go on. Jet, Jet, do you know that this has actually been recorded? Yes, <laughs> I do. We can play I, it I back. Anyone... 120 people watching live, Jet. No. Well, yeah. You guys, you guys. <laughs> I looked at 3,000 on YouTube. They'll all I'm, hear I'm it. Tom, you're, you're, you're making, you're, you're, you're trying to change, like, my words. I did not say that. Butler's <laughs> not good. Butler's not good. But Conlon's not any better. I said Conlon's not good. So he, he beats, by default, he beats him. But any anyone else, McDonald, Lee Haskins, they beat Butler for me. They, they, he's not going to beat them. It, it looks like I'm going to have to pay for a transcription service. <laughs> In, Irish Tom. <laughs> I won't say anything more. No comments. Yeah, this um, boxing on Friday night, is it televised, mate? Uh, yeah, Channel 5, mate. Is it? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Taylor so that's... Dave Ryan and Selby, I think, is on Spike, I think, something like that. Oh, so it's not on the same bill? I'm not sure. It's, a, it's supposedly, I think it is, but I, I heard that he was going to be on Spike and sort of, um, uh, what was it, uh, Taylor versus Ryan was going to be on Channel 5, but not sure. Who promotes Taylor versus Ryan? Do you know? Uh, Cyclone. I think it's Cyclone. Josh oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is trained by McGuigan, and he's in Cyclone. Is it? They're building because I, I, you guys were saying you really rate this Josh Taylor. Cyclone have got a bit of a, um, a bit of a, uh, stable going. Oh, I've got a quick question for you guys though. I was looking at the odds for this. Now, as I say, I'm not sure I've seen Josh Taylor fight, and I know you guys rate him very, very highly. But I'm presuming he's a, a sort of guy making his way, and I'm presuming this is a step up. Dave Ryan, very, very hardy, battle-tested opponent, has fought at a high level. I think he's available at four and a half to one, guys. Are we, are we missing an obvious bet here? I don't know. The thing is, Dave Ryan has, has had back injuries. So you never know. He, he mightn't be fully fixed or he could slip again. The other thing is, Josh Taylor looks proper quality. Well, Dave Ryan is really good at the British level. Like He's probably the best at the British level. He's not of a higher level than that. Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor's uh, sort of world, world level, potentially. Yeah, he's, he's the next Scottish world champion. Wow. I would think. Yeah. He, and he's with, he's with the McGuigan's, like, Shane McGuigan doesn't have too many fighters, and, you know, he doesn't take on anyone. And the, the, the Cyclone promotions, like, I think they've done a great job with Frampton. Frampton's career has gone, you know nearly next to perfect. Oh, of course, I would have liked to seen him fight Rigondeau and lost, but you were talking about a guy in a guy's career. They've done very well with Frampton, and uh, I think they're going to do the same with uh, with this fella. But, uh, you know, so I, I think they're not going to put him in there unless they know that he's ready for this step up. 
Uh, he's two to nine with the odds. Yeah, so, you know, I think that's a good fight. And if he wins it and comes through that, you know, you, you know, that's a tough fight. But I expect him to do it. I expect him to really box him, to be honest. And he's got, I think he's got power. I haven't seen this Josh Taylor. Is he good, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, literally, when we're on the phone, <coughs> we're on the call here, I was just watching in the background one of David Boyesics has a, one of them up fighting a guy. Uh, I can't remember the name now, but, um, he, you know, he looks, he looks really, really good. I think, you know, he looks as good as any British prospect coming through, to be honest with you. Oh, hey, oh. As good as a go-go. Well, <coughs> is a go-go British? Uh, I yeah. thought he was Irish. I thought he was Irish. So they're all go-go's. As good as Butler. The old go-go's of, of County Cork. That's it, yeah. West Cork. That's it. What about Andrew Selby, guys? A lot of people believe he's um, a, a world champion in the making. But are you guys more excited about Josh Taylor? I think Andrew Selby is definitely world. He's going to win a world title. I think Josh Taylor probably will. I don't know if he's... We've seen, I think, we think we've seen Selby up against better opposition already. So, um, Selby is, Selby looks the real deal. Yeah, I think Andrew Selby's class. Does anyone know about this opponent he's fighting? I know the opponent's 33 to 1, but I heard he was unbeaten. No, I haven't heard anything. What's he called? What's his name, the guy he's fighting? Let me find out one second. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, I'm afraid. He's got um, good skills, though, Andrew Selby. You could tell um, oh, he has a late change of opponent, actually. You're kidding? No, I'm, I'm, I'm deadly serious. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Like the last two hours. Felix Moncada in a 10-round international flyweight contest in Edinburgh on Friday. What's, what's the opponent's record? Uh, let me check now. Give me... Give me... Two ticks. No worries, mate. He doesn't even come up one second. Doesn't even come up with a record. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to type in box. Nine, nine wins, one KO, five losses, one KO loss, one draw. 95th at flyweight, sixth in Nicaragua. 24 sixth years old. Yeah. And he, he's, he's coming off a loss as well. That's not a good sign, is it? Sixth in Nicaragua. Yeah, he's coming off a loss as well, so... Uh, he is oh, what he dear. is. Dear, but, dear. but Andrew Selby's good, man. Um, you could tell, I think he's... You know, Lee Selby was, um, you know, was talking in an interview, and he said some of the, you know, some uh, Andrew Selby's really good, and some of the stuff I've sort of learned from been from him. And you could kind of tell, you know, Andrew Selby just looks... He, he looks something else. I mean, if he faced Charlie Edwards, which is a was was a potential fight, you know, earlier on in the day, earlier on in the year, I think he would have bought. Uh, so he would have beat Charlie Edwards quite handily. He, he's he's world class. He does look good, Andrew Selby. Yeah, I'd pick him against Casemiro. To be honest, uh, I think he's a better version of Edwards. He moves better. He punches harder. You know, he's got more punch variety. Everything. Edwards is a good fighter. I pick Edwards to be honest, but. I think Selby's a top, top fighter. Good stuff. Good stuff. So that's, that's pretty much the agenda that we had for tonight covered. Uh, we probably got through it a little bit quicker tonight, just on the basis that the action for next week isn't too hot. But as always, I'll do a, a whip round the panel, um, see if there's 
anything else anyone want to throw into the mix? Um, Tom, let's, let's, let's go over to you, mate. Is there anything else you want to discuss or add in tonight, mate? No, I can't think of anything now. I'll interrupt you later on. Yes, I, th- I thought that might be the case. Uh, <laughs> Paul, what about yourself, mate? I can't think of anything either, no. Um, there's nothing on this weekend apart from... There's nothing else, is there, other than what we've already discussed? No, no, there isn't. I think David Lemieux is in a comeback fight, but he's like one to a million on or something. It's, it's, uh, it's, not, a compet- it's not a proper fight, as I understand it. Um, Jet, what about yourself? But, but Oscar Valdez, uh, when's Oscar Valdez fighting? Uh, I'll pass to Jet on that. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't heard anything of a potential date for him. Uh, I haven't heard him. I haven't heard anything that he's defending the world title. So, yeah, not not sure when Oscar Valdez is coming back. I hope he does because he's a tremendously talented prospect. Oh, I saw something. Um, all right, he might. He, it might have just been. Oh yeah, he is fighting actually. He's fighting on the fifth of November, so probably on the Pacquiao undercard, I think. Yeah, right. I thought it was coming up, but yeah. Osagawa. He's fighting... Oh, no. Osawa. Hiroshima. Osawa. Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Hiroshima. I thought it was... Um, I thought it was uh, sooner than that, but yeah. Not not, not long. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, there, there was just... I know I brought it up last week, but now there's obviously been a twist in the sort of, you know, news uh, about, you know, the Jacobs versus Glovkin. And it's obviously not going to happen now. And Jacobs asked for the sort of modified purse of, for the WBA and that sort of stuff. So obviously they're not having any of it. So yeah, you know, another another decent fight for the middleweight division goes down the toilet, I guess. Yeah, well, hopefully it still happens, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen December the tenth, which was the initial suggestion. Um, yeah, well, Tom Loeffler has said that they've they've um, given up that date. Now that they, they they had it on hold and they no longer do, so it definitely won't be happening then. Yeah, I guess they'll wait and see as well with um, Andy Ruiz, isn't it? Because he he he's trained by Abel Sanchez, so yeah. um, obviously they're yeah. trying to get the Parker fight going for the WBO. So yeah. yeah. So I got one for you guys. Um, shout out to Dwyer. I'm a huge fan of Dwyer's channel. Dwyer was the first YouTube boxing channel that I really got into. I've been watching him. I've been probably watching Dwyer every video he's made for five years, maybe six years. Um, And whilst he has had a few howlers, he's also had some very, very big wins. Uh, I remember backing Tony Thompson to beat David Price after listening to his video, for example. And he's come out with another very, very, very bold claim. Uh, I believe it's part of some sort of complex hedge, which is uh, too clever for me to understand. <laughs> but he's backing Malik Scott to beat Lewis Ortiz. Uh, <laughs> available at 12 to 1. Oh, now, my God. Oh, oh my. Oh he, he must. God. He's, he's going to have a howler, howler because Malik Scott's chin is made of paper mache. I'm telling Not you. Not a chance. Not no a chance he's going to yeah. win that fight. No. He put a nice long video on it, and basically what he said is that Luis Ortiz isn't going to be able to deal with a slick moving Java. And I think theoretically he could actually be right. You know, someone elusive <laughs> the whole night. But the problem is, boxing <sighs> done on theory, is it? Ortiz is going to land on Malik Scott at one point over the 36 minute fight. And we all know what's going to happen when it does happen. 
It's going to be worse than the Chisora dive and the Deontay Wilder dive. Let's put it that way. He's also he's also done. Freak, so. Sorry, go on. He's also sorry. He's done a video. Uh, he's also done a video today saying taking Danny Jacob to win by KO. Oh God. Yeah. And, and again, he has never. He gets the theory spot on. I mean, when he was explaining why Jacobs would knock out Golovkin. I actually think he was making some really, really valid points. He was saying, like, the kind of guy who's going to... He's saying Billy Joe Saunders couldn't beat Golovkin because you can't run away from Golovkin all night. You've got to stick it on him, get on the inside, come into it, you know. And I was agreeing with all of that. But just because somebody's got that style, for me, it's too much of a leap of faith, you know. Like, Danny Jacobs got dropped by Sergio Mora. (laughs) You know, it's just... It's a complete... And, oh, like, Dwyer, I think, you know, he has this idea about how to, that you can, you know, you can make money on the, on the mispriced out, outlier and then cover your ass, like a hedge fund does. That's yeah. what they basically do. They're constantly hedging all their bets. And then, so they play the unlikely outcome a lot of the time. And if it comes in, they, they make a lot of money. And, you know, that's fair enough. But you have to actually, you have to actually price your outlier bets right too. It's not just a simple task of saying it's 10 to 1, that's a good price because it's, it's a large value. But, like, you know, it just makes no sense. He, he picked, this is the man, I like Dwyer too, but my, and he does talk some sense, but, like, he's just a contrarian. He picked, he said Amir Khan versus Canelo was a mismatch, and, and he said to Amir Khan. <laughs> uh, you know, what more do you need to say? It's, it's nearly as bad as gossip here saying that uh, Charles Martin was a good boxer. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. Sorry, gossip. No, it's okay. You're giving it full barrels today. But, uh, um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, no, it, it's... It, he, gossip, or uh, Dwyer, it's just... Like, for a man who obviously understands a fairly good level, he just picks just the most random ones and then they come in sometimes and then you kind of think oh maybe he's because he did I remember him picking Spilka to do well against Wilder and that was, that was good but like he just he picks every outsider he picks he really every are. outsider against Canelo doesn't he like he's literally <laughs> against Canelo like it's, it's got to be over half a dozen times right yeah and, and Liam Smith saying that Liam Smith was going to like knock him out with a body shot you know this kind of stuff it's just pure madness. <laughs> yeah. And again, though, I like the theory, you know, when Dwyer is like spinning the yarn, you know, when he, he's like, <laughs> he gets me on the line, you know, like I, I love the theory. And, you know, I was actually, I was lying in the bath um, listening to Dwyer earlier and I just had this image of Malik Scott just sparking out Lewis Ortiz. Like he almost had me <laughs> like... And then, <laughs> then sort of snap back to reality, like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it is true. Like, uh, like, the thing is, he talks a very good game. But, like, when you actually sit down and actually think about it, like, one of the things that, that say, would say somebody like, so obvious is that his chin's not good. And he's just going to get knocked out by a bigger man. It's just so, 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 so obvious. Like, that all the talking about back foot game, this and that, and the way he bends here, and he, he puts his hand to the side of his face here. You know, it's just like... Yeah. It's just kind of... Do you know what I mean? Pointless. Some styles don't make fights, do they? Like, 
you know, Malik yeah. Scott may have the style to beat Luis Ortiz, but he doesn't have the other attributes, you know. Like, exactly, yeah. yeah. But even even um, the sort of attributes Malik Scott has got, I, I think Luis Ortiz has been in with people who have similar attributes but are better. I mean, I think Bryant Jennings is... is uh, is is better than Malik Scott in just about every way, and and, and Ortiz um, took him apart. Like, yeah, I, I they're, they're similar fighters, but Dwyer again has an opinion on that, and this time I do agree with him, which is that Brian Jennings fought one of the worst tactical fights in that matchup I've ever seen. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, he did fight bad tactically. Fight only second to Quig against Fountain, but yeah, um, that was a. Yep. Terrible, terrible tactical performance from Jennings. The other thing I'd say as well is that Billy Joe Saunders actually can fight the inside. So he doesn't have to stay outside. If you look at him when he fought Chris Eubank Jr., he went on the inside and he handled him on the, and the, like he was able to stay inside with him. He didn't just spend the whole night on the outside. But the thing is, you know, with Billy Joe Saunders, then you got Golovkin X Factor. If he goes inside, Golovkin will just knock him out. So like, you know, you got to, like, Dwyer, you, ha- you have to kind of grade these attributes that people have. You know, it's not just styles. It's like, does this attribute just negate everything else? You know, sometimes you got somebody like Mike Tyson and, you know, his attributes, you know, just negated no matter what people try to do to him, you know? That's it, isn't it? That's it. And uh, I'm afraid Malik Scott, who's no youngster himself... I mean, Malik Scott is coming off probably the two best wins of his career, but it's so hard to see him. Um, so hard to see him getting the job done against Luis Ortiz. I've got to say. And was was Malik Scott not retired? He did retire, I think, but that was years ago. Uh, I mean, he's been he's been active. He, Tony Thompson, I think, retired. Who you might be thinking of? Stay fought last time. Um, but yeah. There you well, go. Here, so that, that was, that was well, my like, anything. Yeah, but he, he hasn't fought in 13 months. I'm sure he retired after, after a while ago. Malik like, Scott, he's 36. Think... He's 36. I think he retired. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm, I'm pretty, I, I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. I, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I missed that. But yeah, yeah. He's, uh, look, he's taken a fight on relatively short notice, I guess. And he's, He's fighting on a match room, so against a guy like Luis Ortiz, he looks like an absolute wrecking ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't bode well for Malik. I hope he's getting a few quid out of it. Let's put it that way. I mean, Ortiz is 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 not, not powerful. I mean, he's not just powerful with Ortiz. He's quick. He can move. It, you know, like uh, I I don't give Malik Scott much of a chance in that fight at all. To be honest, I think that's a it's an awful pick for me. Yeah, I'm afraid even at 12 to 1, that's not a bet that I'd consider. Um, I'm just having a look now to see if there's any odds on the Malik Scott stoppage. Um, more just for, for comedy sake. Uh, I'm just on odds what? check. Bomb. Man, Malik, Scott, Malik Scott to win by stoppage. Yeah. Oh my but this God. Is a terrible bet here. So Malik Scott to win the fight. Best odds are 12 to 1. Malik Scott to win the fight by KO, 16 to 1. You know, I'd want 
Well, I'd have to check if it was an open-air stadium to see if we can rule lightning in or out. Um, but probably it's a casino if it's in Monaco. So, uh, yeah, I'd be wanting, I don't know, 50 to 1 on the stoppage, I think. Yeah, you could get terrorist attack. That might go in there too. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Luis Ortiz might throw a punch, lose his balance and knock himself out on the turnbuckle or something. You, you never know. It is bo- he, might, he might uppercut himself in the face. He yeah. could do. It's happened before to decent heavyweights, hasn't it? So, uh, Tyson Fury. And Vlad. Vlad did it Vlad. too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, guys, uh, that's us. Tom, do you want to butt in? Anyone else got anything else to add? Um, I just thought we should wish Gossip all the best in his love life. It seems to be oh, a burgeoning you. love life. Guys, uh, I'd like to say <laughs> shout out to Gossip. He... Uh, he came on the uh, the show and you, you guys got an exclusive into his love life. I hope he's doing well. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's going well. It's going well. For the uh, for the, the viewers in the chat, I became a single man about a month ago um, after about three years. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a bit of a, a transitional period of my life. But, one thing I can say is, without Tom's support, without Jet's support, it could have been a lot, lot worse. You know. Oh, uh, with the, uh, oh. Uh, by the way, you said something about <laughs> you said something about watching Dwyer when you were in the bath. That that was also sensual. <laughs> I hope you're <laughs> yeah. not batting that way, Gossip. Yeah. I hope. If not. there's any uh, ladies out there who want to live with a guy who watches Dwyer in the bath and does a boxing podcast on Wednesday yeah. night, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, ladies, hit me up listen. on Twitter at Boxing Gossip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's who listen to any ladies who listen to this and want to go out with the guy who locks himself into the bathroom <laughs> for hours on end listening to Dwyer. I get quite advanced analytics on how many, uh, you know, what, what people watch the channel. So subscribers versus non-subscribers, what countries people are best. Does anyone want to have a guess how many Female viewers, I have in terms of a percentage. Twenty-five. No, Twenty-five. I would Come say on. five. I would say four. Okay, so my you... gut instinct was like sort of zero point one, right? That was my gut instinct. Um, but I'm averaging six percent female viewers, and what's even more interesting is I'm averaging six percent views coming from Sweden, um, which means oh, you've mentioned I have... this before. 0.36% Swedish women. Now, if you consider that my best video has just over 11,000 views, that means that approximately uh, 39 to 40 Swedish women tuned in to that particular video. Um, uh, keep making. I keep prefer making the idea. I prefer the idea of 036 uh, Swedes, just like a couple of bleeding legs listening to your videos. I mean, I mean, how many of them are fellas watching on their missus' account as well? Paul, oh, you're such a downer on me, mate. <laughs> yeah. This is my last chance at love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here, I've got something. To, um, we're, we're going to be launching the show as a podcast as well. So today, this one will be the first trial episode that we're going to put up. So if anybody wants to go, hopefully it should be loaded up on iTunes and it'll be hosted on SoundCloud. So if anybody wants to listen to it, 
Yeah, definitely. I'm going to put out links as well. I'll do a video um, with the links and I'll put them in the description box. And yeah, quick shout out to Iris Tom there, who's um, who's organised that. Go, Sorry, go I, was, I was a bit go, distracted. Go, go, I saw a message in the chat saying BG walked in and saw his ex in bed with Dwyer. Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I I kind of lost track of where I was for a second. Oh, uh, I, I was on SoundCloud, so um, yeah, I, I normally like just listen to my music on there when I'm in my car and stuff. I'm on my way to uni, and I saw Tom from Boxing Gossip uh, on a sort of like New Zealand radio show. Talk yeah. Me that. That yeah, I put that out on. Um, my Facebook actually, I, I didn't put it on YouTube because it wasn't my content. Um, but um, what happened was uh, one of the guys from a, a radio show out there, and forgive me if I've got this wrong, I think the name is Trackside. Um, he, he contacted me, he's been watching the channel for a little bit of a while, and they were doing like a, a Joseph Parker and sports special. So they asked me to go on that, and I went on and I did like a 10 or 11 minute interview. Um, it wasn't. To be honest, the phone line was pretty poor, um, so it wasn't the, uh, the the best interview because I couldn't hear it very well. But they're going to get me uh, back on again at some point in the future, I hope. So, uh, yeah, yeah, a few of the Kiwis actually heard it live uh, who, who followed the channel. So, yeah, I was I was pretty chuffed with that. Um, gossip as well uh, uh, regarding the uh, the the show going to podcast. Are you, are you using the music for the for this one for the for the first one or? I'll be or... completely honest, mate, and say that I've left it in in Tom's very capable hands today. So I, I don't actually know the answer to that. Well, Paul, f fire it uh, over to me, Paul, and I'll use it. Tom, Tom's got it. You've got it, haven't you, Tom? Yeah, I've got it. I, I don't think so. To, um, Tom. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. I, I, do that, and I'll put it I, on. I didn't want to introduce, uh, <laughs> say like, uh, complete with uh, theme music from yours truly if you weren't going to use it. So now I will say, complete with theme music from yours truly. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, Paul, if you, uh, I, I don't know how set up you are, mate, but if if you've got any link or anything like that, you want me to include in the description. Let let me know, mate. But we we can discuss sure. it um, off air or something. But yeah, of course. Um, of course. I, I've I've got a question, Paul. When is this uh, boxing analysis thing coming up from you? You're supposed to be having a channel coming. Oh uh, yeah, I do, I don't know yet. I've had I've had a load of um, stuff go on lately, um, and uh, trying to get down to see my child and stuff. Uh, so it's been it's been delayed somewhat. So my apologies. Uh, soon, I don't know how. Good. <laughs> cool. Good to hear. If I get more emails saying, can you send me a link to Irish Tom's channel? Honestly, um, like <laughs> they want you to set one up, Tom. But um, I know you're a busy man. Too busy for all of these boxing nerds. Huh? One show a week is plenty enough of my horseshit. I think for everybody. <laughs> There we go. Um, Jet, anything, anything else from yourself, mate? No, not tonight. I'm, I'm good. I've enjoyed tonight, guys. Um, it's been a really, really good show. We hit 130 people watching live, which is actually our joint PB ever. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a good sign. Shows that we're, we're getting this out to a, a decent audience. So thanks again to everyone who's, who's given up their, their evenings, both on the podcast panel and to those who've with what's live in the chat. Um, this will, of course, be uploaded to the channel. Usually takes about an hour or so to upload properly. Um, it does go up before then, but what happens is it 
it tends not to be um, you know fully formatted for about an hour or so till the upload settles. So uh, it's going to go up again. Um, and if you were so inclined to rewatch it, feel absolutely free. Uh, so huge shout out to everyone who's joined in. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Thanks out to the cronies. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, hit the thumbs up button, please. If you're new to the channel, do subscribe as per usual. And Jet's channel um, is Boxing Discussions. Um, you can see Jet in the chat, or if you're watching back, it's just Boxing and Discussions spelt the normal way. So uh, hit him up as well. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, guys. I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up there. And uh, have a good evening, everyone. Cheers, guys. Irish, uh, Lord of the Dance. Dance, dance. <laughs>